Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Well, despite all the uh, disruptions to the All Black preparations uh, last week, the first Test match was uh, a pretty damned impressive performance. 42-19 to for the men in black. And uh, they continue their 45 wins, two draws uh, since losing to France way back in 1994. Uh, Eden Park has just been a fortress for them and it just seems impregnable once more. Senior players stood up, the coaching reinforcements arrived and now they have a flattering scoreline to look back on. As we do with uh, senior stuff uh, sports writer Mark Hinton. Uh, Mark, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us normally on the panel, but I thought it was uh, pretty appropriate to get you on. You uh, were hot off the press very early on in the piece, uh, straight after the uh, final whistle, actually, uh, and pretty glowing in your praise. It was a pretty uh, a pretty good performance all round, wasn't it, considering? Absolutely. Look, credit where it's due, Smithy. These guys, we were hard on them um, last November when they kind of limped over the uh, the. Uh, to the end of a long tour with those back-to-back defeats to Ireland and France. We felt there were shortcomings. We felt there were worrying signs of, of um, you know, of, of, of areas just where they were notably um, short of the mark, really. Um, and, look, they've come out and they've... Um, I don't know if they've necessarily put all those worries or doubts to bed, Smithy, but they've come out and they've shown that they're a much, much better team than that, aren't they? So credit where it's due, and especially, I thought, to the All Blacks forwards. They, this, this test was all about them. The All Blacks backs, Bowden mm. Barris and, and co, are always going, going to perform if you give them good enough ball. They're always going to outshine their opponents if you get them go forward. But it was up to the All Blacks forward, Smithy. Um, the acid went on them and I think they kind of accepted that um, and they fronted. They fronted big time. Look, it wasn't a perfect performance, was it? You know, they, they, they had to absorb a lot of pressure. They made a lot of tackles on their line. They held the Irish up, I think, four or five times over the line, so it could have been different. But it there was a lot to enjoy. There was a lot that was better, which was the main thing. The set piece fronted, uh, the collisions. We were at least competitive in, and won plenty of them. Um, you know, the the locks, who I thought um, looked a little bit, a little bit sort of um, past their use by date last November. They looked mm. much better with it. You know, at, at the stage of the SME. So a lot of boxes ticked. A big up to the all-black forwards and a big up to the senior players, I thought, for leading a difficult week, which really in the end became a non-issue.
So, okay, so we look at um, that defensive effort, which I think it probably stemmed from. It was, you know, it was we marvelled about, uh, what, three weeks ago at that uh, Crusaders defensive effort, 200-plus tackles. Well, this, this is the same, uh, at, a, at an efficiency rate of around 93%. Now, you know, that, and the goal line defence too, the, the, the scrambling they did it on goal line, what, four to five times, I think, they held the Irish up over the goal line. That, that, that's, that's, I think probably sums the whole deal up in a nutshell they would have but two uh, two test matches ago they wouldn't have done that yeah absolutely look you know um you've, you've, there's two, you've got to be two things to defend that way you've got to be well organized and you've got to be um to have a lot of heart ticker and 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 be playing for each other you've got to have uh massive massive sort of um teamwork and desire and, and all those sort of things because without that defence just you can't defend like that so so well done to them you know in a week that their defence coach uh, wasn't there pretty much the whole week they um, you know they defended the heck out of out of the test match um, Rico Ioane is a guy that we you know we marvel at his attacking skills don't we Smithy you know when he gets the ball mm. in any sort of space and puts those afterburners on he's something special but Rico Ioane when, when your two signature plays of a test are, are, are try-saving tackles, which they were for Rico Ioane, let's face it, he didn't really set the world on fire with ball in hand. It wasn't a game that flowed his way. But he made two try-saving tackles that were just, you know, that really, as you sort of touched on there, personified what this effort was about for the All Blacks. It wasn't just, you know, X's and O's. It wasn't just, you know, getting line-outs right and, and scrum hits right. It was about playing for each other. It was about desire. It was about showing the black jersey means something. And I think that's what New Zealand rugby fans want to see, wasn't it, Smitty? That these guys yeah. actually still really care. You know, we know they've got skill. We know that they're good football players, but they need to play together. They need to play with heart. They need to play with a lot of passion. And we saw that. So, you know, we just need to see it two more times, I think, because this is a very, very good Irish thing. Yeah, they, uh, they're not going to go away, and that is for sure. We'll touch on Ireland uh, shortly. I, I just wanted the probably the most talked about selection, Mark, I think it's fair to say, going into the test, and the 15 in particular was Scott Barrett at six. Uh, and in the end, uh, I think they pulled the right rein there, didn't they? Absolutely. Look, there was, you know, two reasons to, um, to pick Scott Barrett for his physicality around the field and, the, you know, around the breakdown and tackles and so forth, and for his, you know, size and, and, and ability at the set piece. Both of those aspects were vastly improved by the All Blacks. Um, Scott Barrett, I think, made 18, uh, 18 tackles. Missed four. Mm. So, you know, maybe there's a few runners coming down his channel uh, that he missed, but. Uh, Made 18 tackles, so, you know, excellent work rate. Um, the line-out was, was OK. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a, a dominant line-out like the Crusaders in that Super Rugby final, but the scrum was very good. Um, an area of the game when the All Blacks scrum was going well, they seldom lose. So, um, yep, big tick for that performance, we, uh, for that selection, We uh, and Scott Barrett's performance. We questioned it, didn't we, with the uh, history of, of that World Cup semi-final, but... Um, I guess on a week where Ian Foster didn't have a huge influence, uh, that selection he got right, so well done to him there. Now the Irish, uh, I've been speaking to uh, a number of uh, Irish journalists before the game, we're all sort of huddled together in the same room, and one of the things that came up, of course, was uh, you know the fact that uh, they're going to be stretched for resources here. I mean, they'll have some very sore bodies uh, this morning and uh, going forward this week as well, but... Normally, uh, Mark, in the old days, 40 players to take on tour would say, hey, why do you need that many? But these days, it's entirely different. Yeah, I think that, um, 
we wondered about, you know, the wisdom of those two matches against the Māori. On, on the surface, you could see why they did it. They're looking to build depth in their game. They don't have, um, you know, uh, I guess many opportunities beyond those sort of big, big time uh, uh, tests to kind of build that next layer of player. Um, but yeah, in, in July, at the end of their long season, um, you know, injuries and attrition were inevitable, and now it's really going to put them into a difficult position, and they're going to struggle to put a team together for that last Maori game. You you know that um, just with the wear and tear, Johnny Sexton now must be in doubt with that head knock. Um, you know, we've we've seen. Um, the, uh, the, you know the injuries already out of the Maori game. They will, the roll call will come up uh, early this week out of Ireland. So they, you know, they're going to struggle, aren't they, to get through this tour with that number of people? I don't. Mm-hmm. They will be calling in reinforcements, I'm sure. Um, so while you know it's one of those uh, decisions that gives and takes away, I think you know I think they benefit from playing the Maori by developing, you know, by giving those next tier of players in the Irish sort of system some experience of, of really test level rugby. Let's face it, the Maori are a very good team, yeah. but um, but this, it's going to make this tour really difficult for them now, and when they should be prioritising completely, um, you know, just staying in this series, finding a way to answer what the All Blacks did to them in that first test. They've got to also be thinking about how they're going to get through their remaining fixtures. So a difficult position for the Irish. Maybe it benefits them long term. Who knows? We'll see. You know, some of mm. these guys that play in that, that Mary game might come through and emerge as, you know, as, as excellent test players and maybe this thing works. But in the short term, I think there's some pain for them. Maybe this is going to be a tough door for them yeah. now, Dunedin. Is going to be unforgiving, and let's face it, under that roof in Dunedin, the pace of the game will go up another level, and that's going to, you know, yep. maybe cause more injury. So, um, yeah, the tour gets difficult now for Ireland. I think the ball's totally in their court, isn't it? The All Blacks have, you know, I think going into Test One, it was all about the All Blacks' response. Now going into Dunedin, Smithy, it's all about the Irish yep. response. Yeah, I think it's pretty well summed up, Mark. And, and having said that, though, 42-19 on paper looks pretty one-sided affair. Uh, but it was a 20-minute burst in the second quarter of the first half. Take that out where Ireland just uh, fell away in terms of their defensive patterns and, and what we've seen in the past. Uh, take that away. If they can uh, negate that kind of flop or that kind of hiccup, um, they'll go close because they're too good not to. Absolutely. Oh, look, I thought Ireland showed plenty in that test. Um, as you say, uh, the All, this is what the All Blacks do. If you think about some of the victories they've had over the Wallabies at Eden Park, and they, they destroy them in, in 15 to 20 minute bursts and just, just put teams away. And that's what they do. That's what they're good at. You know, it's taking those opportunities. It's, uh, you know, it's putting distance and scoreboard pressure on teams and all those sort of things. So, um, but I thought Ireland showed plenty. They, they are a good team. Um, you know, and, they, they, uh, there's almost no one better in the modern game of kind of retaining ball and building pressure than them. And I, that's why mm. I thought um, the All Black forwards, uh, one of the areas they didn't probably get enough credit for was, you know, the, the turnovers they forced. I think leading up to, was it Quintu Paez, try off Bowden Barrett's little kick through, I think the All Blacks had back-to-back um, ruck turnovers. And, and you know, that, just huge at that level of game against a team as good as Ireland because when they do hold on to the ball, they can put you under an incredible amount of pressure. So they show plenty, and and they'll probably get better. You know, you have to think that they were a little bit shocked by what... Not shocked, but um, but they didn't have an answer to what the All Blacks produced, in, in, especially in that second quarter, did they? They they got put back on the heels, and, and, you know, before they could recover, um, 
the game was really beyond their reach. So I think they'll be better in Dunedin. And whether they handle the, you know, the difference of the game under the roof, that'll be interesting. But um, you have to expect that they could still <laughs> have plenty to say in the series. And that's why I think the All Blacks, they weren't dancing too many jigs after that test, Smithy. They were, you know, the feet were very much on the ground. I think that was a good sign because they know there's, there's um, still plenty to come in the series. Um, I've got to say, when, when we look at uh, this All Black campaign, uh, Mark, well, I think in the back of our minds, we're all thinking about the World Cup, which means are all these players still uh, going to be around at that time? Are their legs going to be good enough? After after Saturday night, are you convinced yet, or will you need a lot more convincing with particularly the older Stooges? Well, I'm starting to be convinced, Smithy. I was really worried about Sam Whitelock last year, um, and I know it was a difficult year for him because, you know, he had... Um, the baby and, and, and the toing and throwing there and and some late arrivals and so it was, it was a disjointed season and a really difficult one being so much on the road um, but I thought last year even our whole second row even Brody Ritalik to a degree I thought they looked a little bit past their best but man Sam Whitelock's had a fantastic year this year so far I mean he's brilliant for the Crusaders at the back end of Super Rugby uh, really good in this test again um so, you know, my doubts over him are starting to erase. Um, you know, um, the front rowers, another area of the props. You know, last November we were wondering, you know, where are our props up to it? But uh, off of Tuangafasi produces a scrumming performance like that. We know what he's got an all-round game. Um, George Bauer looks a real improver. You know, at 30 years old, he's a, he's a late bloomer, but, you know, he's doing the job and, and, and there's more to come, I think, from the younger props around the New Zealand game. So, some heartening signs, Smithy. Yeah, we, I, I think anyone that's in the All Black setup now, they ha- you have to think that they're being considered to get through to the World Cup. It's only one and a bit more seasons. Um, so, yep. Yep, I, uh, if, if we see more of what we saw at Eden Park from the likes of Sammy Whitelock, from the like, you know, we've still got to see Dane Coles and what he can produce yet when he's fully fit. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think this is the group that will go through to the World Cup, and I think Foster will remain committed to his older stages, just whether they play those sort of leading starting roles, I guess, is to be determined. Okay, what about this uh, week? Uh, all going well, say they're all fit, the All Black squad are all fit and available, no COVID, etc. Where do you go uh, if you're uh, if you're Ian Foster Grant and Grant Fox at this stage? What are you looking at? Continuity here or experimentation? Well, no, I, it's the old adage, isn't it? You don't change a winning team. I, 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 you know, that tends to go out the window these days to a degree because there's always you know one or two little things that they they want to change or look at and. But I think they'll largely keep this group intact. They'll reward them, Smith. That's what you do to guys up front for you when you're a coach. That's how you, that's how you earn player loyalty, isn't it? Uh, you know, so a guy like Quinn Tupaia, you know, probably wouldn't have started this t- this test if uh, David Harvey was fit and available. I think everyone could appreciate that. He produced a, a pretty good effort for a young man, and he's, you know, he just looks like he's a guy that's sort of coming to this level and has got so much upside. I, I, I think they'll stick with him, you know, even if David Havili is fit off his bout of COVID, um, just because he deserves it. Um, you know, the left wing will be interesting if Caleb Clark is fit again. You know, that hamstring, I'm not quite sure where he's at with that. He was, he's been working on it and, you know, I've watched him at training and he's, he's sort of getting up to full pace but not quite there. So it's, it, that'll be interesting because, you know, I think that, I think Caleb Clark is, is a little bit of a missing ingredient for them. As good as Lester Fanganukuara is, 
and he played well. You know, his, his carry is so strong. Um, but I just think Caleb Clark brings that X factor, brings that sort of you know combination of power and and, and so many things that they'll be tempted to have a look at. So they might look at that. And do they? St- the big question to me is: Do they stick with Scott Barrett at six? I mean, Foster had a bit of a bob each way in explaining the selection. He said it was something they wanted to look at, but he also admitted that Akira Yuani wasn't quite right. Dalton Papali'i was, you know, still getting back to 100 in terms of his recovery from that appendicitis. So um, it, it'd be interesting to see whether they stick with that at six. But other than that, I wouldn't change too much. It ain't broke, Smitty. Don't fix it. And the other, just before I let you go, uh, I just want to. Have you got a comment on um, the, the the last two games of rugby that we've had have been officiated by UK rugby referees, Northern Hemisphere referees as such, Wayne Barnes, Carl Dixon. To me, from looking in from the outside as a spectator and as a sideline commentator, uh, they tend to have flowed quite nicely and there hasn't been um, too many problems. Has there for me? Oh, absolutely. I agree with you totally. Like I, uh, I did a sort of a questions uh, format thing on stuff before the test and one of them was about you know what what role did we expect referee uh, the referee to have and and my simple comment was if we're not talking about the referee after the game he's had an outstanding test we weren't talking about the referee after this game mm. because it did flow you know and I think that yeah. uh, let's give credit to them you know in this part of the world we're often a, bl- a bit suspicious of Northern Hemisphere referees aren't they you know they that they rule mm-hmm. to the letter of the law that they don't have a feel for the game they don't like to let it flow well let's give it credit you're right Wayne Barnes did a great job of that um, Maori game in difficult condi- weather conditions it flowed as well as any mm-hmm. game of rugby could in that conditions and I thought the referee on Saturday night Mr Dick- Dickinson I think wasn't it did a mm-hmm. also yeah. did an excellent job um you know, he he was he was, you know, they have a job to do these days, refs, and you know their bosses put them under the microscope just just like the coaches do players. So they have to they have to do what they got to do. But you know, I thought he let the game flow really well. I thought there was a good feeling for it. I thought he blew his whistle when he needed to, and he let it go when he didn't. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Let's appreciate the part these guys also play in in, in an entertaining test. Nine tries. It doesn't happen when a guy's blowing the heck, the pee out of his whistle, does it? So well done, well done. Uh, the Northern yep. Hemisphere referees are setting a standard, I think. They have, they have indeed, uh, not to be feared anymore. Hey, hey, Mark, thank you very much for your summation of uh, Saturday night. Look forward to uh, your articles during the week and uh, Test match number two next week in uh, the Deep South. Thank you so much for your time, mate. Cheers, Smithy. You go well. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.